0: This is Keywords, and I'm Zoe Cummins. This week, we step outside and go down to the woods with writing, music, and self recorded pieces from Anne Tannum, Jennifer Redmond, Matthew Geddon, Sue Reinhardt, Arnold Thomas Fanning, and Tom Rosengrave. I'm on the outskirts of Dublin where the city creeps into the mountains through wooded areas. I come here quite often with my dog, Jess. She's border a collie. She's running on ahead there, waiting for another stick to be thrown. There's, there's something about heading off for a walk that's an endless source of creativity for writers and for artists. Forests really give the imagination a chance to open up. The dark menacing forests of Grimm's fairy tales. The horror movies that warn teenagers not to go down to the woods. The forest holds codes and trespassers and poachers. There's stranger things hidden here. But for me, mostly, it's about even for an hour or so, getting lost in myself. There's the stepping from the light into the shade. There's this stepping away from the exhaustion of your personal day, your job. And I think it's the exhaustion that we are all feeling as people and as a planet. So to come away down into the woods is sort of a refuge. And as you walk deeper into the woods, your eyes adjust to the shade. The gnarled branches take on any form your imagination will let them. Twisted pointed fingers, human or monstrous shapes, depending on the tricks of the light. In our first poem in this episode by Anne Tan, a woman walks from the city into the forest and starts to experience
1: the intimacy of the trees in the woods. She lays you down on the forest floor. You, foster child, Raised by a city, thriving on neglect, smell of hops, belch of car fumes, a dirty river, a cluster of houses, a curved road, cracked grey concrete, rusted railings, sunlight glinting off rain streaked windows. You, transported. Eyes shut, back pressed against the mulch of leaves, fallen branches, crumbling bark. Arms outstretched across bracken, spongy moss, fingertips tracing lichen whirls. You, refusing to open your eyes, turn your head for fear of capsizing afraid to succumb to wood sorrel wild garlic yellow pimpernel drown in the violet of bluebells sink deeper never go back
0: jess 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 come on jess there you are good girl good girl And there she goes, back into the woods, into the darkness. And it's that darkness that kind of brings about a spell. Maybe it's the wind or the smells. Right now it's pines and although not that enchanting, fox pee and bird droppings. It's a reminder that I'm in a wood though, not in a piece of fiction. And then there's also the aloneness and how it takes a while to realize that quiet. Musician and composer Sue Reinhardt wrote and produced this next piece for Keywords. She recorded it with Ben Rollins, and it really lulls me into the magic of the woods.
2: See busy places
0: disappear and nobody knows gone deep down for
3: cool dark fresh I think these concepts was never said. heard before. Grandfing sponges on the bush breathing or pouting sea chatter. No. I'll look so out for you because your well being is everything deeper, to me. Deeper into dark, two you know, separate trees intertwined. What could happen? Just the browns of calm. You couldn't open your the branches just one. and the nests beholden, Ground silent and trust. In I have you breathing along that bark, bewilder, banshee, bubble bunting, befuddle bears, beggars' belief, and still being held. And who?
0: out into a clearing again having walked uphill and sort of popped track. I've been out long enough that I'm warm and my head is kind of rushing with thoughts and in a way I'm in pace with myself and the, the line of trees either side of the track are, are pushing me upwards saying "Come on keep on walking up into the woods. Though so the trees here are native and either side of the track there's actually huge piles of logs waiting to be carted away commercial trees for logging instead of native oaks or willows or hazel and right away I'm anxious again about our relationship with the woods and all the self-defeating ways we get what we want for now but, but don't really pay attention to what nature needs and what we all need in the long term our next two poems The Understory by Jennifer Redmond and Deforestation by Matthew Geddon share a similar anxiety about our relationship with nature.
2: Short cutting at dusk through the gloaming park, I heard desire tread willfully in my wake. I will have, I must have, explicit, resolved, locked onto my scent. No fear is without shame and the desperate tedium of the quarry instinct and survival bid me dive into a tangled laurel grove where my limbs entwined with Daphne who whispered, I know how it feels. Desire came searching, furious and stamping, grabbed a bunch of lustrous laurel leaves for his crown. Something to use, of use, contemptuous of us, and word went out all along the understory. Through the roots it ran, along the sodden earth and into the canopy. Something wrong with mankind, lusting for useful things, out of his right mind, mistaking congruity for the blessed truth. Lying there amidst the snaking roots and branches in the glory of my sister's wild green world, where the moss is a dress and the bark is smooth and strong and caring, I understood the Midas problem. Poor, endless, pointless prosperity. The wind picked up, the branches danced and sang, rejoicing. The great cycles of the air and water are breaking, saplings circled, hope.
4: The evidence of existence lies in the soil, and deeper still, the petrified wood, the hard rock on which we build a scaffold of ghostly presences that creak in the unforgiving winds of March. I lie down with the fallen, hear the voices of the lost rustle leaves on the forest floor. A robin rests on my ribcage, crows peck at my jelly eyes so that I might see progress in the broken limbs, the skeletons swaying on the skyline, far-off hum of hungry farm machinery. Tomorrow I will be with the oak, the rowan and the yew, woodland lives reduced to the loam of myth.
0: I'm nearly at the top of the hill now. I've come through the woods, where the mountaintop is just above the tree line ahead. I don't really go out to walk with a purpose unless it's to complete a particular track or loop. But I do try to walk in some sort of partnership with what's going on around me, to notice things, to make a quick list of what I've seen or thoughts or how I felt along the way. It's obviously been raining overnight. Has a lot of water on the ground and streams trickling. I try to notice the rhythms the landscape offers or the season or the weather. In our next piece, Arnold Thomas Fanning walks with his camera. It gives him a way to notice what's going on
5: around him. I recently took up photography again after a gap of decades because I was inspired by other writers who are interested in photography as well as writing. I also thought that it would be a good way to take a break now and then from the demands of writing. I quickly realised that the only way I could really improve as a photographer was to take more if not endless photographs, to practice, 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 to just get out there with my camera and take more shots. So I began to go quite regularly on what I call the photo walk. I get my camera and I set off and most frequently I set off down to the woods near my home. I'm standing now in the centre of the forest, what I think of as the centre of the forest. All around me are deciduous trees soaring high above me. It's late afternoon and the sun is low. It's taken me about 30 minutes to walk to the edge of the forest from my house. I've been walking around 30 minutes inside the forest. In a way, you can walk here for hours, although it's quite small. There's lots of tracks. It's a bit of a maze. The woods I go to are a short walk away, densely made up of a mix of sycamore, beech, oak, pine, larch, and sitka. It is crisscrossed with paths and narrow tracks that wind around it. It's a place of light and shadow place of mystery with its collapsed structures buried in the undergrowth, crumbling boundary rolls, and, depending on the time of year, of withered leaves or vibrant growth, of flowers, fungi and mushrooms, blackberry bushes and dense mist, and always an active bird life. I've been stopping along the way to take photographs, experimenting, looking at the light, looking at interesting things, things that catch my eye. But I've come to a halt here because this part of the forest, the centre of the forest, is where I feel most relaxed. I always breathe most deeply here. I'm at my ease here, I come to a halt here. It is also a challenge for me to capture on camera in such a way that does justice to all its lushness, variety and vibrancy the textures of its changing seasons, its pools of dark and its flashes of brightness. But I keep trying to do so on my photo walks. Meanwhile, the very act of walking has for a long time been really important in my life. I walk for leisure, for relaxation, but I also walk for my health, my mental well-being, and for fitness. I walk to cope with anxiety, I walk to get my mind off things and I walk solely for the sheer pleasure of it. But when I am on a photo walk, things are different. I find myself walking at a different pace, stopping all the time, pausing to observe, giving my attention to one thing only, the act of capturing an image, thinking not only about its composition, but also, of course, about the mechanics of the shot, trying to figure out how to get the camera to record what I see with my eye and through the viewfinder. Because the kind of photograph I want to take is one that I can kind of picture in my mind. It is lush with vibrant colors, crisp with clear contrast between whites and blacks, and formally striking. I want to capture that tree in all its seasonal glory, that withered leaf in all its elegant decline, that crumbling wall with all its fascinating textures. But I'm not always able to do so. So I walk on. I'm still here in the forest. It's not silent at all. There's birdsong. There's... Little seeds falling to the ground. Leaves. Endless crackle. There's children playing in the distance. There's dogs barking. As I walk, I'm aware that despite the different pace, it turns out that the intense focus on photography during a photo walk does produce a similar result to the usual walks I go on. I find that my mind becomes released from its concerns and worries, I feel relaxed, and all too often, just as on a regular walk, I return from a photo walk feeling refreshed, renewed and revitalised. Aperture, shutter speed, ISO. Do I understand this terminology? I guess I have a basic grasp of each of them, but am I taking good photographs yet? No, I have to say, in that regard, I still have much to learn. Because good composition does not come easily to me. So while it has taken me almost a year to learn the basic technical skills to use my camera, I realize it could be many more before I really get a good grasp of the artistic and creative skills I need to produce a really good image. So I have to conclude and accept that I'm both an amateur and a beginner. And this in itself is very humbling, but that's all right. It's all right to be starting something, to be beginning, just embarking on a task, and in the meantime, until I do reach that point where I can take a good photograph, one I'm really happy with, there is still all that pleasure, that relaxation, that sheer joy of going down to the woods on a photo walk. I'm walking home now out of the forest. I'm not too far from the entrance that leads to a cobbled lane, that leads to a roadway, that leads to Suburbia, I suppose, of the town I live in, in East Cork. There's still time to stop and take another photograph. Just a view that catches my eye.
0: In our final piece in this episode, the main character, Kevin, in Tom Rosengrave's story, A Quiet Storm, is a 30-year-old and, in his own words, is something of an artist. But he finds it difficult to express his lack of direction. He meets Nat, a singer, and casts his lot in with her. She is, at first, an escape for him. And the woods in this story are forbidden. But Kevin goes there anyway.
6: Kevin does communications at an electricity company. He's been doing it for years now. When he started, he wrote copy for the website. Now, he is line manager and oversees these things. His success, he knows, is down to his personality. He is calm and good-humoured, decisive and direct. He is Kevin. Kevin awakes in terror in the darkness of his bedroom. His vision flashes with white light. This has not happened before. It terrifies him. Until morning, when he pulls himself together. He can't understand it. He has always got the head down, powered through. Head down, power through. It has served him well. Kevin is in a Zorb ball, spinning in its cage. It is Saturday, and friends smash their membranes against his. Kevin is knocked sideways. He is nauseous. From inside, three layers absorb. Kevin whimpers. Kevin spends Sundays walking the mountains with a film camera. He has the film developed. The photos are landscapes, uninhabited. You might call them meditative. They show flowers in bloom, berry clusters, bog pools. One set of prints comes back damaged. Huge walls of light engulf each shot. A problem with the light seal. Too much stimulation. Kevin finds a YouTube tutorial. Tries to fix it, but gives up quickly. Paying for the camera to be repaired instead. Kevin meets Nat, a singer. Recording an EP soon. Does covers for now. 80s numbers. Shade, that sort of thing for the next two months nat is kevin's and kevin is nat's he has never known happiness like this nat completes me he thinks nat is in bed snatching the pillow when kevin gets up for work nat is posing for the camera at the top of a hill in tennis shoes that let the water in nat doesn't want to talk about the future You're my anchor, she says. Nat has one rule. No contact when she's working. I really need to nail this, she says. I know you'll understand. Nat is recording and messages Kevin every day. It's hard, she says. She sends a photo of the woods by the studio. It's so quiet here. Nat messages, telling him she's crying. The producer is pushing me hard, she says, too hard. Is he being inappropriate? Kevin asks. I don't know. What do you mean? I wish you were here. I want to be there with you. It's okay, she says, just a tough process. Another message. He's really intense. Kevin's car skips along the freezing motorway. He is breaking her rule. He takes a smaller road into the blackness of hedges and fields he will be there soon and he will sort it there are so many animals in the fields too many to think about the ones you can see and the ones under the soil millions he thinks billions Kevin's lungs are made of tracing paper like he's halfway down a 50-foot drop trying to fly for distraction he turns on the radio an easterly airflow is settling across the country, causing freezing temperatures and snowstorms. Driving for what feels like a lifetime, he can barely see a thing. Kevin's phone tells him to make the next right, and he takes it through a set of gates onto a gravel road through the woods. The snow doesn't fall here. Steady now. Lights. Through trees. The studio. The door is open and Kevin walks towards the sound of voices, Nat's voice. What are you doing here? Someone else. Who's this? Kevin sees Nat tighten her grip on the chair. Nat leads Kevin into the studio. The band stay on the other side of the glass and watch. To break the silence, some guy goes, I was reading about these rooms, right? anechoic chambers, they're called, completely silent. Thing is, if you're inside one, it's it's actually impossible to be silent, right? Because you'll hear this really high-pitched sound, and it's actually the sound of your own nervous system. What they are watching is the end of a part of someone's life.
0: That's it for this episode. I hope your next trip into the woods helps you shrug off a little of the day and find some sort of re-enchantment. Thanks to all the writers and musicians who wrote and self-recorded pieces. The next keyword is threads. But for now, I'm going to make my way out of the woods and home with my very mucky dog. Thanks to the BAI Sound and Vision Fund for supporting this programme and see you next week on Keywords.